Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast, and it's a first time hello to one well, not not in life, but just in a podcast recording sense to Chris. I've I've swiped you from Spooky's Filthy Shambles podcast, Chris mate. How are you doing? Good to have you on the show. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining. No, thanks thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure I'll be on Spook's uh, blacklist from now on for uh, moving over. But um, no, I'm doing all right. It's uh, Bit of a positive, um, been a couple of positive couple of weeks for Spurs, so I'm sure I'll be able to bring that down and have a bit of a moan later on. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, things are going well, so it's good to see. Look, we we can't, you know, I think we've got to start on one obvious place, mate. That's a that's an interesting accent I hear there. Um, why why are you a Spurs fan, Chris? I mean, that's that sounds a bit, it, it, now with football being a global game, it seems harsh to us somebody. Who's from England? Why they're a Spurs fan? But you get my point, right? You know, I've been I've been asked this question so many times. Um, you know, when people hear the accent, they sort of look totally puzzled, and even more so when you tell them that you don't actually support Newcastle, and then tell them that you're a Spurs fan. But uh, it's quite an easy one, really. So my dad is from a place called Annick, which is so I live ten miles north of Newcastle. Annick's probably a further thirty mile north. Um, which is obviously where the, the hotspur out of Tottenham Hotspur comes from. Um, but basically Spurs won the double. My dad was only eight or nine. Um, they were the best team around, so he would become a bit of a glory hunter. Um, and my granddad then went on holiday to London in 1963, I think, and took my dad to a, a game at White Hart Lane under the lights. I think there was like 70,000 then, and that was it. He was He was hooked, so he became a Spurs fan. Um, he used to go quite a lot in the 70s. Um, he ended up meeting, going out with my mother because Tottenham were due to play at Newcastle and it was snowed off and my dad didn't have anything to do, so he asked my mother out for the first time. Um, and then Glenn Huddle scored that goal at Watford, the chip, uh, and nine months later I came around. So <laughs> Tottenham, Tottenham, has a, Tottenham has a lot to answer for for my he, family. He, he was um, celebrating, you, you could say. Uh, absolutely, not, yeah. The way so, you want to look at it, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't really have a choice as to who I supported. And to be honest, there's nobody, quite a strange family, and that nobody in my family really supports Newcastle. So there was never really that pull. Uh, I used to go a few games at St. James's when I was a kid with some friends, but... Spurs was always was always my team and always has been so yeah and then I've got a season ticket in 2005 and the rest of this year is history I mean that's that's some dedication mate that's a I mean that must be a pretty pricey endeavour to say the least but still the actual the logistics of getting down from up there is yeah it's, three it's, hour train journey it's it yeah it's, it, we used to be able to get a flight pretty cheap back in the day when we first started coming um, the EasyJet used to do down to Stansted and you, then you, you'd be able to get the overground to Tottenham Hill but then that come off so we had, we've, we've had to obviously get the train since um, and it's just it can be a right ball ache I mean, especially lately with the train strikes um, games just getting moves the drop of a hat and obviously with everything else that's happening in the world the prices are just going up and up and up yeah. so yeah it's not it's not the cheapest hobby in the world that's for sure um, I mean we, we we wanted to go to the the Man United game, first game of the season, but but the trains were wanting some. I think it was something like about a hundred and thirty pound return each, yeah. and that was with a real card. That was with that was with a discount. So 
it just kind of sometimes you just kind of justify those sort of sort of prices. So yeah, but uh, we're off to Burnley next week, so that that, that would be our first game of the season. Nice. Do you, do you, is there much of a like a little sort of Spurs community up there at all? Certainly back sort of from around. I mean, like when I was when I first like that first season when Edgar Davids was was sort of flooring Ray Parler. That was my first game. Was when we beat Middlesbrough two 0 Davids made his debut. Um, so around from about then for about ten years, we got to know quite a few people from the northeast. Um, and some days on a good day, you get a good twenty or thirty on the train traveling down with you. Um, obviously things change over years. People get older, families, etc. Um, there's probably still a good, I would probably say a good six to ten that travel down regularly. Um, and I know a few that were at the Bournemouth game on Saturday, like some who've got like big, I mean, I've got a decent amount of likely points, but some have got way more than I have. Um, and they, they, they barely miss a game. Uh, so you do get, you, you do get a few that travel down every, for every single game. That's all right. Isn't it? it's, it's, I don't know. It's nice. I like hearing that there's like little pockets of, you know, Spurs fans in different parts of the country. And you see, obviously, it, you see it every, you know, every time we're playing in the stadium, all the different supporters clubs littered around the kind of the yeah, the the stadium. But it's still, I don't know, it's decent, isn't it? It's decent. To, I mean, there's a there's a huge there's a huge Yorkshire Spurs community. I mean, that that one is probably one of the biggest ones in the country. It has to be um, the, the amount of people that. Uh, from sort of around Yorkshire way is just it's remarkable really um like you say the amount of fans that will have dotted all over the country it is mad really I feel like Devon and Dorset as well I remember when I just I'll go down to sort of Dorset quite a bit every now and again I, I tend to see sort of Spurs shirts about and things so you know there you go we're massive mate we're massive that's it that, absolutely and, and, and only getting bigger now I wanted I wanted to talk to you in particular mate um, because we were basically look, we we got to put our cards on the table here. I think we were both pretty much on the same on the same page where we weren't overly happy with the news of Ange Postecoglou being made Tottenham boss at the time. I remember listening to you on Spooky's podcast where you were like, "I don't have anything against this," because I remember it being that you you didn't have anything against the bloke in particular. Him, you sort of thought nice. Nice guy, whatever. He's done a great job at Celtic, but it just didn't feel right for Spurs. And I remember listening to it, thinking, "Yeah, I, I get exactly where this guy's coming from because I, d I don't have any personal issue of Ange Postecoglou or anything. It just didn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for a club who were charging the most expensive season ticket prices and ticket prices in Europe um, to be hiring this kind of guy who I, nobody else in the top six would have probably taken." But I'm going to be honest, mate. From that point now, I'm, I am, I, I have to report, I am fully in love with the bloke. Like, I, I can't get enough of him at the moment. The press conferences, the post-match, this, you know, him yesterday on TNT Sports saying, "Introduce yourself first, mate." Kind of when the bloke's clipping the microphone. Yeah. On. Where yeah, are you at yeah. with him right now, Chris? Um, it's. I would still say I'm still sitting on the fence. Um. I still think it's early to sort of dive full in, um, because, like like you say, I had no issue with the guy himself, um, you know, and I and I, I like I do like listening to him. I think he does come across very well. His press conferences are very, or you, you actually do want to listen to them because I think he does come across uh, just a, a very genuine, honest, honest guy. He'll give you, he'll not give you any bullshit. He'll tell you exactly how he's feeling. Um, regardless of whether it's on tactics, players, you know, whatever. Um, and, I, and I like that. I thought that interview he did with Peter Crouch and Joe Cole after the game on Saturday was, was brilliant. Um, but, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo won his first three games of the season and, and got manager, <laughs> manager of the month and didn't even, and barely got to Halloween. So, uh, you know, as far as well as we, well as we look and, and for a great start, I just hope that just continues on, and and I, and then I have to come on at some point and say, yeah, I think he's absolutely brilliant. But I, I'm, I think it's still a little bit too early to 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 for me. Certainly for me, you know, I, I'm I'm loving all the positivity. It's brilliant. You know, I, I certainly don't want to be the 
I certainly don't want to be moaning all season. I, want, I love seeing the fact that, that Spurs are doing well. Um, but it's for, personally for me, I think it's a, I'm a little bit still on the fence. Um, maybe I'm just, I don't want to just dive full in and then for it to just go a full 360 and for it to all just fall apart. Um, I, w- I want to be proven wrong. I want him to succeed more than more than anything, really. So we'll just keep it going and just hope for the best. I guess it's good though. It's good, it's good to have, you know, because I don't think people are very sensitive to to calling things negative, right? I, I'm I'm often called negative on here, and it actually it, it actually it rattles me. I'll be honest. It does. It's one of those things that I could brush off most things. People can say, ah, oh, this, that, gobshite, whatever, shit air, you know, fat bastard or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. But it's when people call me negative, I'm like, because I don't feel that I'm negative. I just sometimes like to like you say, look at things in a different way. And I think it is good to have a level of balance because look, 90% now of the fan base, I reckon is, is head over heels with a guy. I do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I, I'm fully, I'm fully on board with that. I love him. And do you, do, I mean, do you think like, cause where you're coming from, do you think there is a level of just self-preservation there? Because one, one thing I would challenge you on mate is cause I get the Nuno point. But this does, it feels very different, doesn't it? Like the Nuno games, it felt like we were getting them over the line. Whereas immediately this, the, the whole energy about the place is very different under Postacoglu, right? Than it was with Nuno. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my more concern isn't necessarily with the manager. It's it's the club. I, my concern is that we're four days of however many days, five days left of this transfer window is that the club aren't going to help the manager. That, that's, that, and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm not prepared to, to dive full, full in and, and because I just worry that the club aren't going to give him, give him that extra help he needs to push the club on. And, and I would also, I, I do question a little bit that I think some of the fans are quite almost happy to almost write this season off before it even began, where... They'd quite happily finish in the same position as long as we're still, as long as we look as if we're playing better football. I, I don't, I don't agree with that because ultimately, if we're going to end up in the same position, we're still going to lose as many games as we did last year, and that, that well, again, just for me, that isn't acceptable. <laughs> isn't acceptable. I, um, I, I know what you mean because I've Adam on here before. You know Adam as well. Adam, I think yeah. Somebody else approached from speaking. <laughs> Sorry, speaking, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it, yeah, because it, that that really rankled him as well, and I do get. I think that I, I do understand why that's irritating. I think there's part of me, I guess, if I'm going out on a limb for people saying that, I think it's. I don't. Th- I don't know if people actually mean that. They actually mean the season's a write off. I, I kind of feel like it's something almost like a throwaway thing to say, because people are just concentrating on how much they're enjoying the football. Right. I think really it. it, it, it I don't know. It's it's more like a, just a tool to say I'm more interested in like enjoying the football right now. If if you get what I mean. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I don't. I I also think that I think regardless of what the fans are saying, I don't think Postacoglu will stand for Spurs writing off this season anyway. Uh, you know, he's already said of the Fulham game tomorrow. I couldn't care less what people think about this competition. I want to win everything. I want to win every single game I'm in. He said we're going to be having a kick about in the car park, and I want to win that kind of thing. You know. And I, so I, I think that that seems to be less of worrying. With regards to the club, I do want to talk about that later. We'll get to that, but let's 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 stay because I I definitely agree with you. I I do understand that's kind of still for me. There's a bit of a there is a bit of a cloud there lingering over all of this. Um, like we were maybe going into the Bournemouth game without James Madison, and I was already starting to think, you know, yeah, will we absolutely. be as good without yeah. him? We miss Basuma, maybe, you know, who who steps in there, kind of thing. I think, and, and I, sorry, just to dive in. I think that that is that is my biggest concern is that we have. I mean, the mid for me, the three in midfield is you can argue is as good as any midfield in the country at the minute. Um, Madison Basuma saw um, the three of them just look absolutely like, absolutely superb. My worry is is that the drop off if have, have, you know, like you know, Madison getting injured, the drop off in standard to come in. I mean, Lacelso came on Saturday, 
I'm not even convinced he passed the ball to one of our players when he came on. Um, and that's my that is my concern. I just think we're going to end. We do what I don't want is, is to be sitting here in a couple of months' time thinking if only we're just getting one more player. And I think that's something that Spurs do year in, year out. We always seem to be just that one guy short that'll help the manager push the team on to where he wants to be. Because like I say, I've got no no issue now with Postacoglu as a guy. My concern is that what he wants to implement, the club won't allow that to happen. Yeah, and I think that is, yeah, it, it is a legitimate concern. But... Let's just let's try and stay in the in the in the vibes place at the moment, Chris. Just for now, just for this, we, we will get onto the club. <laughs> we will get onto the club because I do want to look. We we took. I get it. I get the fear. I do have that. I had that going into the game. But that's also because James Madison, for example, let's start on James Madison. Is so unbelievably good. I mean, he's so much better than. I thought he was going to be. I, I, again, as like I was saying with Postacoglu at the top, I was actually not particularly asked, that's the way I'll put it, about us signing James Madison. I've, I've always disliked him as a bloke. I've always sort of thought oh, he's a bit of a match of the day player. Yeah, he scores a few bangers, but is he actually that good or anything? The past few games seen him playing in our shirt and just what he's brought to the team... The, the sort of attitude I think he displays on the pitch, the ability he has on the ball of bringing other players into uh, into into play, his final ball, his delivery, all of it. He's he's absolutely unbelievable. So much better than I thought he was going to be. Have you been Have you been similarly shocked? Yeah. So over the summer, I was asked who who I wanted to bring us to bring in, and, and Madison was my number one pick. Along with, I mean, Harvey Barnes would have been nice as well. But I think Madison was the was the one player that we've been crying out for for well since Ericsson left really, um, and I know a few Newcastle fans who who were really disappointed that he decided to come to us, um, and it's almost as if he's 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 almost like he's grown up a little bit um, over the over the summer, and it's just it, it's just amazing really how happy he is that he's here, um, and like you say the the three performances that he's put in so far. Have just been almost almost faultless, really. Um, just been a, and for the for the price that we've getting them for, I mean, I know obviously forty million is still is still a lot of money, but compared to a lot of the transfers that have happened this summer, he, he's he's already looking like they are going to be the signing of the season. If we, and if if he stays fit for the majority of the season, you know the numbers that he's going to be able to to, to in goals and assists could be could be really high. So I I, I just think it's a a great, a great signing, um, and I think brilliant that we've given him some responsibility in the vice captaincy. And he's already shown it, even, even just the little things like the, the, the Instagram. He's messaged to Richarlison after the game, you know, just sort of seeing him what up. What did he say? Basically, just say, saying that he, not to put too fine a point. He, he basically said, he, "Fair play to you. Worked your bollocks off today. Uh, just keep. You just got to keep working. Um, just little things like that." Um, just, just showing, just some like some some leadership, and I, I just think he's he's going to be a brilliant, brilliant player for Spurs, and and I think we've just got him at the right time. He's, he's, I, I honestly can't, I honestly can't speak highly enough of him. He's, yeah. he's he's been that he's been that good. It's 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 mad that we got him for forty odd mil, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost mad that no other. I mean, there there was talk of Newcastle, but just seems we've almost had a clear runner almost like he's he just said look like Spurs is the place for me this is where this is where I want to be and boy are we are we lucky that he decided that I do wonder if he's also I think he's obviously always been a good player we've maybe not watched him enough or maybe with no disrespect to Leicester maybe he's just not been in an environment where you know I mean I say that but they you know they won the FA Cup while he was there so you know he's had some decent players around him but I do wonder if he's just also psychologically taken a bit of a step up here for you know himself that he's really kind of taken to this move, thinking this is a platform for me now to actually be a proper superstar. If he's looked at the likes of Delhi before him, he's looked at Kane, Sonny, he's thinking I can be that. You know, this big club, Tottenham, huge stadium, London, global fan base. It's a massive platform, isn't it? 
Absolutely. I mean, even his interview, was it the post, the Shakhtar friendly, where he was just totally gobsmacked at the fact that there was over 50 or 1,000 people there for a, for a, for a you know, like a, a, almost a charity game for, for Shakhtar, wasn't it? So, um, he, you know, he, it's just little things like that. Um, and he just screams, as, like, I've had, Newcastle, like, again, Newcastle fans have said to us, he just screams as Spurs like your, your typical Spurs player. Yeah. He said it himself, um, didn't he? Which is like the yeah. mad thing. I loved seeing that. He was like, I've always had a player like me. I'm like, yes, we have, mate. We have. You know. And it, and it's, it says a lot when you've got people like Joe Cole waxing lyrical about Spurs. Because, you know, Joe Cole was obviously with him at Coventry when, when Madison first came through. Um, and he, he absolutely loves him. Um, so, uh, you know, he's obviously doing something right. Um and along, like I say, long long may continue because he's already striking up little partnerships across the across the pitch with Sonny and and um, and certainly Basuma. Yeah. And, and obviously that the pass from Saar for the goal, um, great run off off the ball run. So no, it's like, like I said before, I honestly can't speak high enough for the guy. He's just been he's literally a breath of fresh air since he's walked through the door. He did a little video with um, Spurs. I, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram or something like that, but. Where they had him analysing his goal, um, he was watching it on a phone and talking about it. And he was just one of the things he he mentioned was like it was the entire midfield who helped build his first Tottenham goal. And he was like, "That's exactly like it's exactly what you want." He just talks very much on a level. He doesn't talk in a in a media trained bullshit way. And th- that's no. that's something that's so refreshing about a, a lot of what's happening at Spurs at the moment. Because I find that with Postecoglou as well. I like that he will have a bit of a laugh with the media here and there. Like we saw with that podcast thing where, yeah. you know, he, he, he'd happily he'd had a little chat about podcasting one in one press conference before. And then when that sort of like, when one of the journos tried to bring it up in an almost sort of lippy way in the next podcast, uh, in the next press conference, he kind of was, he sort of treated it with a bit of disdain, a bit kind of like, fucking come on, mate, ask me a serious question kind of thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know? And I, I, I quite like that with, with Madison as well. And I really like what you touch on because it is, it's, I think it is important in what's going on at Spurs right now in so much as when you spoke about Madison's leadership and the fact that we have made a new signing, one of the vice captains already, because I think that type of energy he must have brought in it's hard to ignore. It must have been hard to ignore for somebody like Postacoglu, who I doubt is going to be the type to think, mm, I don't know if I should make like a new bloke, like a vice captain. He's probably thinking, fuck it. You know, th- this yeah. guy is showing me what I need. He's showing me the energy straight away. And I think it, it must have been probably, uh, you know, there's a bit of conversation about where the, where the timeline was, but it, it seems to be that Eric Dyer basically unfollowed, removed all mention of Tottenham from his social media profiles and everything after this whole captain and vice-captaincy thing got announced. And it, it made me wonder immediately if he was somebody that was thinking, oh, you know, I should be one of the vice-captains here. But I, I think maybe, you know, if, if a new guy like Madison's coming in and showing this type of energy, that's it's kind of what you want. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sending him down the river straight away. I've I, I love Harry. Uh, I will always love Harry Kane, but I, I've said on here plenty of times before that I feel that Kane is he's a great example on the pitch, but there's something about him. There was a certain I don't know. He he does have an aura that is inspirational. I do think he does. I know we a lot of us would dig Harry out because he's a man of few words and all that type of thing. I don't think everybody has to be the the biggest voice in every situation, but. I still felt like Harry wasn't. He, he just didn't. He, he didn't feel like our captain, and and I, I I loved him as a player, and there was still just something about the idea of when Luis went, Harry came becoming the captain that it never really sat right with me. And the receipts are there. But you can listen back to old episodes of this, and I've I've said this all along, and I will wax lyrical about Harry Kane forever, and I've always felt it's a privilege to have him there, but. Almost with him going, if I am trying to bright side any part of this, because I really don't want to, I, I don't buy the idea that <laughs> that if you know that Harry Kane would have somehow hum, hamstrung this team. I think Harry Kane being in this team would be in, 
incredible, you know? And I think Ange Postacoglu has kind of said this to, to the effect, but we can't continue to talk about this because he has gone. He's a Bayern Munich player now. And there is something about this kind of this, this new energy that we have. Sonny as captain, Romero, who is a general, who does seem to be kind of keeping his head in the right place right now. And somebody like James Madison, who is another leader on the pitch where... It feels like that whole new era at Tottenham, right? Do, do, do you sort of see that? So yeah, I just think Kane Kane was a was a natural leader anyway. He didn't he didn't need the captain's armband round his arm. So if he had stayed, I still would have made Son captain. Um, obviously now he's left, it doesn't really matter. Um, again, Postecoglou's come up with two shrewd picks as vice captains. Um, it certainly would have boosted Madison's confidence levels. Not that I think that it needed to be boosted. Um, and Romero again is another popular member of the squad. So, and I think it's I think that you can already see in the three games so far that it, that he's that he's become a leader of the back four, um, and it can only be good for the club going forward. Really, I tell you, what, let's 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 touch on Romero, or actually more importantly, well not more importantly, but just hand in hand, Mickey Van der Ven, because I've been someone I was all. I was all ready for Romero to go this summer. I He annoyed me. I've always thought he's a great player, but I found his rashness, his lack of ability to seemingly just keep his head in check, to not get yellow cards, to not get into these petty personal battles with opposition players who have wound him up throughout the game to undermine the team effort by getting himself booked or sent off or just not paying attention to the game properly has, has always irritated me. And I've, I have conceded and other people have said to me, like, just wait till he's got a proper centre-back partner. Wait till he has a proper centre-back partner and we'll see sort of the best from him. And I thought, yeah, fair enough. He's very good for Argentina. He was incredible in the World Cup final, which is you know, the biggest game in football, really. And since Mickey van der Ven has come along, and also since him getting given the captaincy, I think, has probably made him sort of give his head a bit of a wobble. We're seeing much better from, um, from Romero. And I don't think that's a massive surprise because I think we've all known that Romero is a very good player. Um, I guess my sort of my, my in short in this, I want to give Mickey van der Ven a bit of love for 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 kind of adding that stability to to our defence, like with Madison, but in a different way. I've been shocked by how good van der Ven is because I'd heard mixed reviews before he came that he was very rash. He's a young player. He needs a bit of time. It might be a, an error for Spurs to make him an immediate centre-back starter. But right now, I, I get that it's early days, but right now, he looks absolutely solid, doesn't he? Oh, I mean, I'll be with you. I, I, you know, I, I'd never even heard of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> sort of right. five, six weeks before, he, before he'd signed. Um, you know, I, I'd listened to, to Seb Stafford Blow talk about him, who... Uh, tend to think has quite a level head when he's talking about um, players as, as such um, and even he was sort of like this is a bit, this seems a, a little bit of a risk um, but like you say the way that I mean the, what the first game he had two two training sessions um, the way he just come into the Premier League is, is quite remarkable um, and he's, he's already struck a in a very good looking centre back pairing with Romero. Um and and fourth be for me to sort of wonder um after three games, but he, he does give me some Jan Batongan vibes. Um just not necessarily just some of his mannerisms on the pitch remains as a bit of Jan. Um, did you see what he said about that he because I think he was an Ajax fan as a kid and he used to go and watch him and he loved Jan Jan Batongan based a lot of his own game on him. Oh, well, there you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen that, so that, that doesn't surprise me. Um, see if I can find just, the quote while you're talking. So yeah, um, already after yeah, like, like you say, after three games, looks a very, very good signing. Um, I can't believe a bloke that massive is as kind of quick and nimble as he is. He's huge, isn't he? And that's and if you go back to someone like Eric Dyer, that's why he's never going to work in this system. He just isn't, because he doesn't. Is he? That he just, you know, doesn't have the recovery pace, um, and that's gonna, and you can see that across the team now. We've got a very, very, very fast team, 
Um, and poor old Eric just, just just doesn't have the pace for that. Um, I mean, I've got no issues with with Dia. I mean, I know I know he's very he's sort of a, there's a bit of a fifty fifty on people that like him and people that don't. But ultimately, he's, he was involved in a, a very well. Obviously, he wasn't successful in terms of trophies, but it was a great time to be a Spurs fan. Well, while and he played in the majority of those games, so people are out of order too. to him, aren't they? You know, like the sort of personal things so, yeah. he gets is. Yeah, I, I, I don't really see the necessity for it. No. Personally, um, he's another one who's been who could have left. You know, my United was sniffing around him for a while, in, in the time, and I'm sure he could have kicked up a stink and thought that that was a bigger move from. But he didn't. He, he decided to stay. Um, and you know, his friendship with Delhi. I mean, Delhi was. Great to see Delhi at the at the Man United game with him. Um, so I know I I I, I wouldn't have a bad word said about um, about Dia. It's just unfortunately that times caught with him probably a little bit, and it's and and what something that we've struggled to do over the years is, is to is to move on and replace players at the right time. Um, and it's it's Van der Ven's time now. Um, he just he's, he just looks like he's just slotted in seamlessly. Um, and it's great. It's great to see. It's brilliant because Dyer, you sort of think now's the time for him. To, Palace, Fulham, you know, Fulham are apparently they really want him. Go somewhere like that, and he'll be one of the best players there. You know, and he'll kind of in a sort of similar way to you know a Johnny Evans leaving Man United, and everyone thought, oh, you know, who's going to end up with him? And after that, Johnny Evans has looked like one of the most sort of solid players in the in the league for quite a long time. You know, I think he's maybe retired by now, but. He was he's back at Man United. He's back at Man United. Is he? Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's working. Is he working with the youth team? But also signed up for the uh, reserves, isn't he? I yeah, think, he's signed like up. That. Yeah. In like case of Tom Huddleston as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is so random. But um, what Van der Ven said is, uh, he said, "To be honest, I was always in the stadium when Jan Vertonghen was playing for Ajax, so I always saw him play and always said he was a good left-footed centre back." Of course, I learned from him as I watch videos of him. So, of course, I learned from him. There you go, to the point, isn't it? But um, it's it was always one of the biggest sort of points of, I guess, anxiety, wouldn't it, for for everybody going into this season, the defence. But now, yeah. suddenly, when we're looking at Poro, who's doing a great, job, I'm still not a hundred percent sold on him being this inverted kind of wing-back thing. I'm, I still maybe veer towards Emerson Royale, although Poro was very, very good against Bournemouth. We'll wait and see how he does when he comes up against Arsenal, perhaps, you know, if he plays against I, them. I, I, would, I would be ex- amazed if Emerson's not back in for the Arsenal game. Right, you know. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be, even be surprised if Emerson played at Burnley on, on Saturday. Um, I mean, it'd probably a toss-up to, tomorrow night who plays, but... Um, and I, I can just see them fl- sort of flitting between the two, depending on who the opponent is. I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a case of who's in on form. It, it, it's more likely going to be who's in, depending on who we're actually playing. Um, and it's good that we've got two sort of uh, considering where we were, probably what not even a year ago, where one of them was booed off. Um. Well, in fact, he was probably booed on. Never mind booed <laughs> off. Um, and and the other was part of a, of a back five that was literally a car crash. It was horrific. Every single it? every oh. single game. Um. So yeah, it's it's you know it's, it is amazing what a bit of coaching coaching can do. I think my gut feeling still when I, when I just think about it, when I think about that Arsenal game. I'm still like I'd rather have Emerson there than Poro. Yeah, right I, I tend, I tend yeah. to agree with you. Yeah, I, I'd have that. But then when I, even if it, not, I mean, let's take it out of the context of it being the Arsenal game. But just in general, when you look at our defence now, I suddenly am like, well, you know, Poro, Emerson, Romero, Van der Ven, and I mean, a doggy like, <laughs> I, I mean, I could honestly, I could record a two-hour podcast just saying on repeat. A doggy is amazing, you know, because he's, he he's, I, this is one of those things I was sort of saying on the post-match pod, I don't want to get negative and I don't want to get trapped into this, but he's almost too good for Spurs already. Like, I'm yeah. worried by how good he, he just seems to be that player that has that ability where Madrid, City, somebody are just like, whatever you want for him, we'll have him, 
to shut up. Do you know what I mean? Know your place in the food chain kind of thing. He seems so, so good. He seems like such a talent. Um, hats off to Fabio Paretici for that one. But we're talking about, about Eric Dyer. He's not a fit for this. But suddenly, Dav Sanchez, you are like, well, I don't want to have to rely on him too much. But he's definitely a more natural fit for this system now with his kind of his athleticism, his, you know, his ability to press from the back in, in that kind of way. But I do still feel like before the transfer window closes, I would like to see us add another defender into the mix. Somebody who sure. is more of this Postacoglu profile that we hear about and is quite evident to see what it is, right? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I totally agree. Um, I mean, you know, Sanchez, I was at that game where he was, where he came on as a sub and then was boot, essentially booed off. Um you know, which is awful to see, really. Um, I'd already left the Newcastle game before he even came on, so I didn't see him do all right in that one. It was an absolute horror show. Um, but I just I don't see how, you know, like 70 minutes against some Barcelona waiters and um, sort of half-decent game at Brentford suddenly changes anything. I think Des- uh, Davinson should have left probably about 18 months ago. Um and I, I I don't see how those little appearances change anything really. Which I, I still think he's probably the more likely to leave before the deadline. And like you say, I I definitely would like to see a cent- another centre back come in. I'm not quite sure who that's who that would be. Um, the taps over thing seems to have totally gone quiet. So I kind of see we're sort of forking out uh, fifty million for him, and and the guy from Fulham seems to be desperate to get the Monaco. So. It's going to be interesting to see whether they can pull something out from somewhere for that. Um, otherwise, then, then then I guess we are stuck with with Sanchez for the till well till January, I guess. Um, and then, it, you know, that's the then that's one of the worries is that you know one of the injuries to the back line, Davinson has to come in, and then after that it's Dyer, I guess. And that just he, think, he just isn't like we say he just isn't a fit for this system. In any way, is he? If any, if anything, if Dyer were to play some part in this system, I'd rather see him again back in that midfield role. Like if we're saying he has to play somewhere, I'd want to yeah. see him come on and do what Hoybier has been doing the past couple of games when he's been coming on to just add a bit more steel, if you like, to the midfield. That's the only thing I'd really want to see Dyer do within this system. But to be honest, I, I would like us to sell Eric Dyer this summer for his own good as well as Tottenham's, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think he does need it. He needs. You could argue both players need a move, really, for their for their careers. Um, the, the the worry is is obviously that we always seem to want top dollar for our players to leave, but we're never prepared to pay the top dollar for the players to come in. But um, maybe that I could see a scenario where we might use Sanchez as part of this deal for Brennan Johnson. Um, and yeah, I, I'm almost inclined to say for the service that Dyer's given, I would almost be inclined to say, look, we'll just pay up, yeah, because he's out of contract next summer. Yeah. To just to say, look, we'll 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 just let you go on a, on a free. Um, you know, you've done nine years. I think he's been at the club now. Um, I think I, I, same with Loris. I would I would do the same with Hugo. Um, thanks for your service. We're not going to stand in your way, um, and you can go and find, you know, and they give both the players then longer to find new clothes because they're free, they're free agents. They don't need to, they're not tied by the the, the transfer window. Um, I do feel like we'll do that with a race, maybe because I just, it, I don't think that that can't be a, a really particularly healthy situation to have him about. I just, see I, I don't think. Well, I don't think it's fair on Hugo to be honest. Yeah, I get, um, I get I the impression that there's. No real love lost between him and Postacoglu, and I'd assume that's because Lloris has made it very, very clear he's 
wants no more part of Spurs, right? Uh, for me, both players should be getting a brilliant a brilliant send off by the club, um, and I hope that I hope that does happen. But like you say, it, it, it's not it's not going to be good on you. I, I think you'll be hoping manager. for a while for that one, mate. We don't really do send offs very well at, at Tottenham, do we? For for whatever reason. <laughs> I mean, they did for to be fair, they did for um for Tongan and, and it was it Michel Vorm, I think we both left at the same time and 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 at least they got that part right. But I think Delhi like got say, quite a nice one, didn't he as well? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see over the next sort of ninety odd hours, I guess. Well, let's. I, I sort of I mentioned Hoybier there. Again, another player who I was really keen to sort of see gone. There's. I sort of the only way I can put it is it like he sort of he he stinks of like lockdown Tottenham. That's that's kind of that's, that's what I get. It's like when I see him, it just it almost like depresses me. I just think of him signing during like the Mourinho era, football behind closed doors, all of that. It, where it just it might be a sort of it, it's something of a mental block for me as much as it is a comment on his ability on the pitch. But I do think he. He he flatters to deceive sometimes. Like he 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 can be brilliant. You know he scored that incredible goal away at Marseille and played yeah. really well that day. But in other times, especially towards the tail end of last year, was very frustrating. Seemed very slack in a lot of what he was doing. And a lot of people made the argument that he was tired. He plays so much that everybody was kind of downing tools at that point. So not to judge him and. I just sort of ultimately settled on this place where I was like, I think, like I was saying with Dyer, I think it's best for everybody if we just get him out of the club. But now suddenly, seeing the way that Postacoglu has him as this sort of like secret weapon in a way to bring on, to add some steel, but also add that steel that... Because Hoybier can pass a ball, to be fair to him. That is one of those things that he does often get characterised as, you know, the Viking, this midfield destroyer and everything. He's actually an all right footballer, Hoybier, when he's given the chance, when he's given the platform to do that. I don't... I, 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 my, the biggest thing I think is I don't think he will be happy sitting on the bench, being the type of player that comes on on the 65th, 70th minute in, in big games. But if he is happy doing that, I'm quite happy having him about the place to do that. Would you agree? Or are you? do you want him out? Or how do you feel about him? Uh, I think I'm one of the few that quite likes him, to be honest. Really? Like okay, that. there we go. Yeah, yeah I'm. I only really would have been happy to see him leave purely because I thought it would be money that could be used elsewhere. Um, I thought it's actually one area of the field where we are quite well stocked, if you know what I mean. If you're looking at the likes of obviously Basuma, Saw, Skip, Benton Kerr to come back. Um, Obviously, I would, I would include Madison in mid in midfield as well, and and Lacelso. um, so that but to have him about if and, and if he's not going to be first choice and someone that you can bring off the bench, I mean that it showed in the last two games, um, him coming off the bench is, is he's just made it made the made the game end rather easily really, um, and I think it's a great option to have, um. But like, if you want, I mean, I don't watch a huge amount of Denmark, but I've noticed that Denmark do play him a little bit further forward than than he ever has for Spurs. Um, so he's not necessarily like the the guy in front of the back four. And also, I don't think Spurs have helped him either because he's literally played almost every minute since he arrived. This is probably the longest he's been out the side. Yeah. In the last, so ever he literally, we just played him every single minute. He never got took off. He was always the guy that played ninety minutes, um, and he must have. And obviously, you include all the the internationals for Denmark as well. He was probably playing seventy games a season almost. Um, so I, I would imagine he must have been totally burned out. Um, but I mean, like you say, it's probably looking as though he's. It's more likely that he's going to stay than he is going to leave. And if he's happy with that then I think it's a great option off the bench. I do. Because the thing is, for, for any criticism I have of him, when you look at what the market is like right now, I mean, I, I I think he's got two or three years left on his contract at Spurs. Maybe Let's say two years left on his contract. I wouldn't be wanting to sell him for less than 50 million, should we say. 
Yeah. And I just, I don't really know who's going to pay that. Because I, I, I do think he's a good player. I think he's a, he's not, you know, what is he? I think he's about 26, 27. He's, maybe he's a little bit older than that, but let me just double check. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he's much older than that, Jack, to be honest. Um, he's, he's one of these players that seems to have been around. 28 years old. Yeah. yeah been around forever, but, but started really young. Um, the only teams that are going to pay anything like that sort of money are teams in the Premier League. Um, you know, clubs abroad just don't seem to have, unless it's for a, you're, you're talking sort of elite level players. Uh, you know, you're not you're not going to be paying that sort of money for a sort of like a, a sort of holding defensive midfielder. Um, unless unless you're Chelsea. Um, so I, I don't. I, I mean, there's been talk about that to go Madrid for weeks and weeks and weeks, but. I'm not even aware that they've ever put a, an, any sort of serious offer in for him. Um, so I would presume that he's, he's more likely he's going to stay. I suppose the one thing you could ask is, does that sort of have a, then have a knock-on effect on, on Skip's future? What does that mean for him? Because um, I, I would presume he'll be sort of knocked down a level. And that's just my opinion. I, I, would, I would put Hoiberg ahead of Skip. If I was to bring a player on, and then if just seven like just to say arguments one if Saw or Basuma was to get injured, you would presume that Hoiberg would be next in line to start. I've seen a bit of conversation on Twitter recently about the potential of Liverpool maybe coming for Hoiberg as well because you know they've needed a player in that sort of position, and I know they've recently signed that Endo lad, so that might have quashed any potential. And I, it was nothing serious; it was it seemed to be just chatter on Twitter but I agree with you because that's that's the only type of team that would be able to afford him right now I'd imagine so yeah bring and I can't in. I can't really see us being willing to sell to another Premier League team to strengthen another I'd be, I'd, I mean it could happen but I would be I would be surprised we haven't done that for quite a while now um, so I, w- I would be surprised if we were willing to let him go to somewhere like Liverpool let's uh Let's move on to maybe a, a more contentious part now, mate. Um, because I think there was there was only one thing that really disappointed me um, in the Bournemouth game, and that was the sort of what I took as like the pretty petulant behaviour of Richarlison when things weren't going his way in the second half. I've sort of said on here quite a few times. I like the guy. I want it to come good for him. I do think he's talented. But to me, it wasn't a good sign to see the guy just get completely overtaken by his emotions and essentially like throw the rest of the team under the bus because he was, I don't know, in whatever funk that he was in. Um, and he's only human. Everybody has an off day. I get that. But he does... I'm, 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 I'm bordering on getting sort of concerned about Richarlison at Spurs. Where are you at with him? I'll find that a bit later on, but I'm I'm, I'm there. I'm already there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I am really concerned. Um, I I remember going to watch us play Sheffield United in the FA Cup last year, and it was one of the times where he was actually given the role of playing up front, and it was arguably one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen. Um, And it was just full of petulance. I think one of his shots nearly hit me at the corner flag. Um, and it was, he, he, and I know he's the one that seems to sort of, he tries to border on, on his emotion and he uses that as, as part of his sort of game. Um, but he's just, it looks like he has literally zero confidence whatsoever. Um, I mean, that chance that he had on Saturday, just, just hit the first time. If you miss, you miss, but at least have a shot. And that's just, he just seems to be trying to do too much mm. in every game that he's playing at the moment to try to almost try and prove not only all of us but himself that he can do it. And I don't believe for a second that if he was playing for Everton that he would be trying to you trying to do like nutmeg one player, then do a Cruyff turn to then have a shot. I would imagine he would have just be he would have just strolled onto the ball and then just knocked it into, either into the net or the keeper would have made a save. And I. I worry that he's that he's heading towards the the the, the graveyard of strikers that we've had over the years, the the Janssens, Soldados, 
um, Raziaks um, of this world. Um, it just, I mean, what was it one one goal? That, that goal in Anfield last year, that's the only one he's got in the league for since he signed. That's my worry going forward, is that is that we're, we're, we're almost non-existent with any cover for him. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I read some people saying that he shouldn't play tomorrow, but I, I'm, I'm totally the opposite. He, he has to, I would just keep playing him. He has to play, he needs He, he needs minutes. Him. He needs minutes on the field. I mean, what what would it say like if he was dropped for? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know who would play up front. Um, Maybe Sonny, and they bring in Mana Solomon, something like that. Yeah, I mean, Perisic. I mean that's not going to do. That's not going to do him good at all. Um, I, I think we've just got to try and persevere with him and just <laughs> hope that it clicks. But I, I mean, I, I've heard Flav say that he doesn't rate him at all, and I, 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 I rated him at Everton. Thought he looked a very good player, but sometimes players don't fit in certain teams, um, and I do worry that uh, that eventually that he'll end up either just sitting on the bench every week, or we'll end up having to sell him. Is, but is one, at the is, moment, I don't, we, we can't afford to do that because we don't have literally anybody else to replace him. It's one of those sort of toxic mixes, really, with him at the moment, where you know, yeah, okay, right, you make your own luck and all that type of thing. I get that, but nothing really seems to fall his way at the moment does it either like we we talk because I, I the 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 chance that was it madison that fed the ball through for him and like you say he took one too many touches but even still it just the ball just won't kind of rest nicely for him he doesn't seem to just get that one guilt edge yeah. chance where he can just bang it in and move on get that off his back and just start sort of playing because he seems, and it seemed like this even throughout pre-season, he got a hat-trick in that whatever game, I can't remember who it was against, and that that's telling, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he, 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 where even in pre-season, like you say, it just felt like he was aware of his position. He, even, he said it in some, I, I'm not sure if it was to the Brazilian media or whoever, but I think it was after the Manchester United game, he said to one section of the press, People, you know, people can't expect me to replace Harry Kane. He's a legend of the club. He's a guy who scored, you know, over two hundred goals. I know I have a big price tag, and that's for me to justify. But blah blah blah. And it, even him saying stuff like that, you're like, this is all rattling around in his head. And we do have to have understanding for these people as human beings. But like I said in the post-match thing, also, it's sport. You know, he's a sportsman and. We can have understanding of this stuff, but we can also acknowledge the fact that this is getting in the way of him achieving his goal, which is to be as good for Tottenham as he possibly can be. And that does raise questions as to whether or not he is he's suited to playing at, at this level. Because like you say, you know, we we've had we've had, say, similar kind of instances in the past where we've signed the the big fish in a smaller pond. Somebody like, you know, Dempsey, who was fine. He was Dempsey was fine for Tottenham. He was good. And yeah, he was unfortunate in that he was competing alongside an emerging Gareth Bale and all that type of thing. But Dempsey also wasn't ever he didn't grab the opportunity to play for Spurs by by the horns, I don't feel. He he my sort of overwhelming kind of feeling about him at the time was that he just seemed like he, he just wasn't he just couldn't quite step up into that level of like playing for a club just at that sort of level of Spurs. And I do just kind of worry with Richarlison, are you better suited to playing for, with all due respect, somebody like Everton where you're the big guy in a club that is only expected to kind of finish mid-table, maybe make a push for the top six if they're lucky. Whereas a team where the expectation is like, we're Tottenham. We want to try and disrupt the conversation. We People will call us deluded, but we want to try and win the league. We want to try and do that. We want to try and at least get in the top four. But we've 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 come close. We've flown close to the sun with Pochettino. Do you know what I mean? We've come just yeah. on the verge of it. And that is going to be the expectation there. It has to be that we have to be a team that is good enough to win it. So if you're already worrying about, oh, I'm never going to be as good as Harry Kane. Oh, I have to justify my price tag. Empty your fucking mind of that stuff. And we have been spoiled by Harry Kane. We have been because we've had this guy who has this focus where 
Everybody calls him shit. Look at his social media. He he's posting these Christ awful things to these Skechers boots. He's trying to he's trying to promote at the moment, and they are. <laughs> my mate said to me like, it looks like half these adverts have been made by the Apprentice candidates. You know, when you see them get their challenges on on that show, and yeah, yeah, it, it's awful. And every single person is being like, you know, went to the Bundesliga. Harry Kane only scores penalties. Shit boots for a shit player. All this type of thing. But all he thinks when he gets on the pitch, and it's so clear, all he thinks when he gets on the pitch is, I'm going to score a goal. And if I miss that opportunity, I'm going to get another opportunity to score. And I know not every single player is going to have that razor focus of Harry Kane. But you need at least somebody that can be halfway there. And I am starting to worry with Richarlison that he's just overwhelmed by all of this, that he isn't going to be able to just kind of shut the noise out and do what he needs to do because he seems to be like you say overthinking everything and I am just a bit worried about relying on on because we need more goals we do need more yeah. goals you know we need goals in this team we've lost around 40 goals a season in all competitions in Harry Kane going we need those goals people can talk about Ange's system you can talk about the vibes at the moment and I'm very on board with that but also like as much as I rally against stats and against numbers, they are—they do mean something, right? And we have to look at the amount of goals that have left the team, the void that that has created. We we need somebody that can score goals in that position. We need it. Hundred percent. He should be looking. He should be looking at his mate in the squad and Emerson. Everyone told Emerson he was useless. He was getting booed on, laughed off, and look. And he knuckled down. He didn't moan. He didn't complain. He went off. And and look at him now. He's like a totally different player. I mean, yes, he's you know he's a right back, but I wouldn't even expect Richarlison at the minute to score the goal that Emerson Royal scored at, at Brentford. I wouldn't even expect him to have a shot. I would expect him to hold on to the ball and then try and look for somebody else. Um, he just seems to be and like you look you you going about them quotes after the Man United game. It, it, to me, that just sounds like he's trying to make excuses. Excuses as to why why he's not scoring goals. He just he just and then yes he probably just needs one to go off his arse and or whatever or maybe he's even get a penalty tomorrow night and give him give him it and say there you are put that ball on the spot and hammer it into the net and then and Christ, that's after I, I wouldn't want to give him a penalty right now like, <laughs> that's the thing do you know what I mean like it's um yeah it just he need he needs like and you were right what you said before you know like. He needs a little bit of luck as well to go his way, um, but I think I think we don't have really have any any choice other than to just keep persevering with him and and just hoping that it, it does come good. Because like you say, there's a lot of goals that need replacing. Well, because there's a lot of talk this week that we're going to try and sign Brennan Johnson from Nottingham Forest. I don't really know an awful lot about the guy other than that he's more of like a winger. Again, he seems to be like somebody else that will play out wide and I know Andrew's system favours that and it's a fluid system and all that type of thing but at the same time we still it's still a system that plays with a focal point somebody up front so you know and, and this this is my this is my concern going forward um Brennan Johnson is another player who's absolutely rapid you know we will probably have the quickest squad in the Premier League by closer play on Friday um, but like you say, I don't understand why we aren't looking for for a centre forward. It's goals that we need. Um, you know, Johnson, Madison, and Johnson, and and the like can't cross themselves to score. They need they need somebody on the end of it to to put it in the net. Um, and I know there's talk about maybe he's moving Sonny inside and putting him as as a as the number nine, but. Unless I'm mistaken, I'm not aware of him ever really doing that for Spurs in the whole time he's been here. Just because pretty much Harry Kane's always been there. And there was a spell where Lorente was quite good at it. Um, so yeah, it is it is a big worry going forward. I mean, you know, Kulisewski scored his first goal of his of the calendar year on Saturday, which was a great finish. Um, Richarlison's got one goal this calendar year. And Sun's probably only got what? Four, five, maybe, at the most. 
it is a, it is a, it is a worry if we don't buy a centre forward, definitely. But I mean, this is to your point that you were making at the start of the pod, and it is something that I do very much agree with because I am, you know, I'm I'm loving what Spurs are doing at the moment. I'm really enjoying it, but I've loved periods, you know, Harry Redknapp's time. I loved Maurizio Pochettino's time, and both of those ten years, you could say, have been characterised by a lack of backing when it mattered. And yeah, it is early days of Ange Postecoglou, but the start is it is very promising. And we have just sold Harry Kane. We just sold Harry Kane for a hundred million pounds, and great. We signed Mickey Van Der Ven, who has turned out to be very, very good. We signed James Madison. We signed a new goalkeeper who's who's looking solid. But we can't just stop. I've got them. a I've got a full one. I've got a full one eighty on him. By the way, uh, after the time. first game, I was. I was all for. I was all for. Getting a new keeper, getting Forster in. I, had, yeah, I know, yeah. I had yeah, Bobby Mims. I had a yeah. Bobby Mims in goal. Um, I, I would have anybody, but to be fair to him, he's looked almost like the save he made off Rashford early on against Man United. Since then, he's looked a totally different guy from the guy that played in goal in the first game of the season. Long may that continue, he, he, he just looks very assured. But with that, with that stuff aside, with like the lack of like the squad depth that we maybe have, it will be disappointing if what we're seeing in this early, encouraging, promising start of the season is again underpinned by that we get a month down the line, Madison picks up an injury, the doggy's feeling a bit tired because he is only 20, we don't want to play him too much, and suddenly Tottenham don't look as good and we're not moving the ball about as nicely and you feel that... Ange Postacoglu is hamstrung from doing what he could possibly do because once again Spurs have not really splashed out when it feels like it feels like at the moment we are a work in progress and it's very very promising but again <laughs> there is that worry that the people running the club are just going to say well yeah it's great he's doing he's getting a good he's getting a good tune out of this so, so that's all right we don't have that urgency when we've sold Harry Kane you know, and <laughs> we need to, we can't just stand still again. We can't, we can, surely can't just stand still again. I, I, I repeat again, we sold Harry Kane for a hundred million, <laughs> you know. And, and unless you're willing to tell us otherwise, I don't think either of us are looking at wanting the club to suddenly go to event. Just, just for argument's sake, go to Juventus and say, right, he has 70-odd million for Vlajevic. No, no, not or at whatever. all. Not at all. It's just, we're looking at helping the manager Boost the bolster the squad a little bit, even if it is this guy from from Ghent, this Gif Urban or whoever. Just give the manager an opportunity to at least have some, because like, like you say, there's going to be injuries, and regardless of the fact that we're out with Europe, we are going to need at times to rotate players. And if Richardson is the only striker, then he's going to be expected to play pretty much every game. But his, his history of Spurs has shown. That he's not going to be fit for that all that time. He will. He will at some point pick an injury up. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Let's just hope. There's still a bit of time. There's still a bit of time. And I mean, look, if if this one of the things that's encouraging is this Brennan Johnson signing. Apparently, it's Postecoglou. All the noises. It's Postecoglou really driving it. That he really wants this lad. Really likes him. Similar with Mickey Van Der Ven. So it's just. It's just you know. I'll. I'll Trust it. As that's, I, if that's what he wants. Absolutely. As yeah. I said, as I said at the beginning, I would. Uh, there's nothing I would that would please me more than me being wrong, rather than me being the one that's right. Because then it, everybody else suffers the fact that that we're struggling. I'd rather I'd quite happily have an egg on my face every single time for something that I'm not happy about. Because it, it means that the club are going forward, and ultimately that's what we want. We want the club going forward. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's it's funny. So it's a it's a bit of a whirlwind one at the moment because we've now we obviously haven't got European football this year, so it feels like football is going to be a bit of a scarcity for us. But we do have the Carabao. I was going to say the Carling Cup, the Carabao Cup. Is <laughs> is it still Carabao? It is Carabao, isn't it? Now I then? believe it's still Carabao. Yeah. yeah. Let's call it the League Cup. <laughs> we got the League <laughs> Cup tomorrow against Fulham. Um, I've been a bit sniffy about the League Cup the past few years. I've sort of thought, I'm not that asked about it. I'd rather win the FA Cup. And that's still true. I would still rather win the FA Cup. But I'm fully on board this year. I'm, I'm, I'm just desperate to see us actually fucking win something again. And 
Ange Postacoglu, he's already said, you know, like I was saying at the top, he wants to win everything. He wants to win every single game of football he's playing in. Full strength against Fulham. Go for it. Let's just fucking bring it home. Capitalise on the fact we don't have European football this year. I think as supporters, I think we would all want that. Um, I do think you will make a couple of changes. I don't think there'll be many, but I do think you'll, you know, the likes of Mana Solomon, Perisic might come in and just to sort of, um, and leaves like maybe, like I say, I, I want Richarlison to start, um, play Solomon and Perisic on the wings. Um, you may bring Skip in for Saw, that might be a one. It's the ones where we're quite sort of looking quite all right, you know, as we mentioned earlier, bringing Royale in for, for Poro perhaps. I would argue that there's certain positions where we simply cannot leave players out at the moment because I don't think the replacements are good enough. Um, I would presume Forster might play, but I would certainly, the two centre-halves I would keep in, I would keep in Basuma and Madison, and I would keep Charleston up front, and then the rest you could probably jiggle about. But I, I, I'm loving the fact that he's, that Postacoglu's coming out and saying he wants to win every game and everything is important, I think. That's only that's what us as fans want to hear. Um, so yeah, it's typical that we're the only club that got a, an old Premier League tie. I mean, oh, I, no, it's, it's rather he actually wumbling at home or something like that to get we're through. But you know, I, I still fancy we to go to Fulham and, and get a result. So what would just? I guess you know. I don't want to take too much more of his time, Chris. I guess I would just want to ask you, like, we'll we'll. we'll end where we started with Ange what is it going to like what's it going to take do you think f- for you how, at what point is it that you start thinking fuck it I'm in I'm there I'm 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 on board with this I'm I'm on the the big Ange train as John Bass called it the other day what what gets you there probably be uh, probably be Robbie Williams singing on the on the halfway <laughs> line no <laughs> um <laughs> that was mad, um, wasn't it? What, what's going that, that on, was, man? That is literally mental. Um, <laughs> just win, win games of football. Just keep if if uh, you know if we keep going as we're going as we, we are at the moment. Then how can I not? I, I'd be a very strange chap if I if I was still not. I just my concern was I didn't think he was going to be good enough at this level based on where he'd been previously. The, the the start that he's made has been absolutely brilliant. Um, I like I do like him as a bloke. I, you know, I, I listen to, to his interviews and, and press conferences, which I don't. And certainly, the last three managers I had absolutely no interest in listening to anything they've had to say because they're just talking riddles and half the time they're just calling all us shit. So, but he, he he's a he, compared to those three, he's an absolute breath of fresh air. But as long as he just keeps winning games of football and, and the football's as good as it is, then then I'll be the, the train will be certainly in my street, that's for sure. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.